0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A large part of society, as you know it, is oriented. It's the third tier, some say, of our economic system, right after manufacturing raw materials. As noted, the service sector is the largest sector of the global economy in terms of value added, and is especially important in more advanced economies. So you remember just as much as I do, how all this came to a screeching halt last year at the end of March. Whether for-profit or non-profit services, they all stopped. A pandemic ushered into us a new kind of debate over essential businesses and what does that all mean? And it will go on for years to come. A year later, now there are still issues, but I'm glad to see more people than what I came back into, which was just my wife and I. And yet, people continue to disregard God's service to the world. It comes without price or condition, but as a gift for sinful humanity. Matter of fact, so free is this service by Jesus. It may seem too modest for the standards of our service-driven society. However, Lent saves us from passing over what the gospel alone can give. This is why, as Lutherans, we go out of the way to make God's service unmistakably known in the church. If you have ever noticed the different settings used for communion in the hymnal, all of them have the title, the divine service. That is to say, God's service. Service. It goes all the way back to the German word, Gottesdienst. But nonetheless, it is the divine service. This is far more meaningful than just that plain word, worship. It means we take seriously how God brings the greater service. The Introduction to Lutheran Service book, I don't know if you ever looked at it, probably not, but the opening words of that to introduce our, our new hymnal, which is, frankly, an old hymnal now. But it's new to us, and it says, Our Lord serves us today through His holy word and sacraments. Through these means, He comes among us to deliver His forgiveness and salvation, free us from our sins, and strengthening us for service to one another and to the world. It's truly remarkable god wishes to be known by how he promises to serve as we say is the suffering servant who welcomes us to his divine service there was no mystery in what jesus did for people as we know during his earthly ministry disciples and strangers alike requested him to help in all kinds of distresses problems And yet, when it came to the cross, no one had a clue. No one knew how to receive this service from God's Son. They were amazed over his boldness as the promised Messiah, the Savior, but just as fearful over him on the way it was all heading. Right before his final entrance into Jerusalem, Jesus made the witness a third time. So this was nothing new, but it was all the more intense, you could say, to his predictions of his suffering, death, and resurrection. There was no reason to hide the truth, but he also told it to them out of love. The Old Testament promised, you heard today, a new covenant was to come, truly a new service from God. As described by Jeremiah, For they shall all know me, the Lord said, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. That's a sufficient kind of bloody sacrifice that was going to do something to break The glass ceiling of what was going on with the temple sacrifices it was all going to be shifted and changed jesus leads in the way of service you could say unknown to sinful humanity it's different from what anyone experiences in our culture or it should be as a writer puts it in our lutheran church naturally we want success victories and happiness we'll be attracted to any religion that can promise us such things. We want complete and understandable answers, evidence of tangible spiritual power, all conveyed by an impressive, well-running, effective institution. Instead, God gives us the cross. Lent turns worship right side up So all know God's divine service. As with daily life, so we begin worship together in that life given to us in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It means Jesus has taken the lead. And so St. Paul tells us, you know the verse well, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? What is both amazing and fearful about worship is how God already chooses the way to be our Savior. This truth casts out false delusions of what anyone brings to God. Because it's your baptism that has told you already you have died in Christ, in his death already. The suffering servant, Jesus Christ, makes known what is unknown to sinners of his service. And strangely enough, his service is very unique. It's when God shows forth his humility. Everyone else ends up, when God acts with humility, seeking opportunity for self-glory, though, We heard James and John who said, "'Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you,' and they're asking for a blank check. And Jesus isn't going to give it to them." These sons of thunder, as they were nicknamed by Jesus, were not bashful, and they were, frankly, no kind of reserved kind of people. They knew something big was coming and wanted to secure positions of glory after the dust cleared. Of course, Jesus exposed their sinful desire, telling them, you do not know what you're asking for. Having to drink the full wrath of the law and receive God's judgment to be the only sinner was the glory of Jesus. The disciples wanted to go up. God's Son wanted to go down they would share in his sufferings but the glory could come only after his crucifixion they weren't going to understand it until they went through it through what jesus was going to endure for all james would later die by the sword and john exiled in loneliness at the end of his life on the island of patmos as a prisoner And yet the priceless treasure hid, not in their sacrificial service. Those are glorious things, but it wasn't there. What was truly hiding was faith in Jesus, having received all glory and power risen up from his cross. Jesus uncovers our self-centered service. We always get ahead of ourselves in works, trying to seek glory, Beyond the cross, we're trying to always escape the cross. The divine service is God still being the Savior. Now, even in these days, Lent reveals to Christians, we are in a life, truly, you are in a life, from cradle to grave, of repentant faith before Jesus, the crucified one who lives for us. As an early church father puts it quite well about the request of James and John, the timing was precisely wrong. For this was not the right time for crowns or prizes. It was the time for struggles, contests, toils, sweat, wrestling rings, and battles. God's service to his gathered people. Jesus crying out every Sunday, you can say before us, a holy absolution. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We do enough in a day, let alone a week, let alone a lifetime, to have to hear Jesus say, I forgive you all your sins. All our asking is before this suffering servant. Justified in Jesus means he selflessly gives himself to me. While my life is not so glorious, in his way of the cross. Humility is to join St. Paul and confess then those words, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's to be revealed to us. Not by us, but to us, by Jesus. The spiritual outcome of the rest of the disciples was no different though. How quickly does power corrupt? And so even the most dedicated followers of Jesus fail. Their fellowship built on faith in the gospel was falling apart. And only the savior, only Jesus the servant sees these things happening and he called them back together. What they knew was the way of the world, the way of men that only knows power, Yet Jesus rebuked such a kingdom of this world and gave another kingdom. Remember what I told you? The kingdom built on his grace. The kingdom of grace, we call it. He said, But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. These disciples were slaves to powers that had love, in the end, neither for God or neighbor. Only Jesus offered another power by service built on his sacrifice. It would scatter them, but in the end, it saved them. The risen Savior promised to hold them together in his undying love, and so redeemed by his blood, God's Son turned power into a place of service before him who served sinners. He wasn't afraid of it. He could save all, sufficiently. Jesus is the perfect and only sacrifice holding his saints together in service. Do you understand right now what has happened when churches still aren't open, when all this stuff has happened for a year? Do you understand it's bureaucracy It's the battle powers of man that are within the church trying to preserve. But it's not necessarily Jesus going on here. It is not because we know the world plays with power. Money. Management. We know how sinful hearts gravitate to serving self. The words of our Savior echo throughout his church. But it shall not be so among you. Is this because Christians are better in using power? Is it because the church has done so well throughout the centuries? I don't think so. Because whenever Christ was lost and his sacrifice perfectly sufficient for every one of you and for all people, when that is diminished or it's confused or replaced, Everything, be it public worship or daily life, becomes about the powers of men and their service for glory. What holds the baptized together is the precious blood of Jesus. And so with him comes his kingdom of grace and it is safe. He calls us together, being for us. In what way? Both the servant who gives and the sacrifice we receive. God wields all his power in humility, in other words. Always in humility, even even he's the risen Lord, he humbles himself. Even now in these days. For our benefit. And so in this sacrament, finally, the Lord's Supper... He pours forth forgiveness, life, and salvation to his weak, his weak saints. This power of love given by the gospel, Peter glorifies as the new way of service. And we've studied this in Bible study for several months now on 1 Peter. And this is what he says, opening chapter 1. You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. And you don't have to worry about paying off that debt or passing it on to your children's children. Thank God. God's sacrifice covers all our sins today and in so doing turns us to give of ourselves to others. And you want to know what, Zion people? It starts at the communion rail. And this power of love goes out, together in the blood of Jesus, in the rest of our lives. We need healing and help right here. Don't get too ahead of yourself to save the rest of the world. Consider yourselves and the love you have to have for each other. Because it's the love that Jesus gives to you as the whole church. Since Christ's ransom is for all, so the meaning of service also excludes nobody. It is selfless, not glory-seeking, charitable, but not force or guilt-driven, so don't you dare go there. And it's also universal, this kind of service, so it's not just for the experts to do it. A big part of our society is driven by service industry. But nothing is as useful or essential as what God delivers by grace as his gift. Jesus is that suffering servant, don't forget it, who welcomes us to his, today, to his divine service. Amen. Now the almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and keep you always. Amen.